This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 251. Before we get started with today's show, I just want to give a heads up. We are now at the end of August. Therefore, time is running out to get mentor hours before the end of the year. If, in fact, you need mentor hours, you want to strengthen your coaching muscles, you want to gain those mentor hours for recredentialing purposes, I invite you to visit starcoachshow.com slash mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R. That's starcoachshow.com slash mentor to learn about my fall mentor program, which is filling up quickly and might be your last chance to get mentor hours before the end of the year. If you're interested, starcoachshow.com slash mentor. Now let's get with today's show. We can help our clients shift into the natural strengths that they bring forward. And when we look through the lens of strengths, it just shifts away from the negative bias to bringing in some of the positive focus. And that's got to be empowering for our clients. So that is another strategy that I would encourage you to think about is using strengths to emphasize best self for your clients. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, and thanks for joining the show today. It is fabulous to have you here. I am Meg Rentschler, and if you haven't met me yet, I am absolutely convicted in my belief that coaching and what coaches do in partnering with their clients can create incredible positive change in the world. And because of that, the Star Coach Show was developed to bring strategies, tools, and resources to the coaching population. Or if you're listening to you, if if you're not a coach, you're still very much welcome to be here. We, We share different strategies, different resources to think about how we engage with other people in the most positive way possible. Today, I'm going to do a deep dive into the stress that we have pretty consistently been dealing with for the past 16, 18 months. And because things seem to be on the uprise again, and maybe people we know are sick or in the hospital, and the way that the pandemic that has been global and impacting so many of us just seems to be continuing. I think that there was a bit of a, oh, maybe we're beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel and things are going. I actually did some in-person trainings, was actually, you know, able to re-engage with friends and those kinds of things. And now with the numbers going back up and stressors just creating, you know, how are we dealing with 
going back into the workplace? How are we dealing with sending our kids back to school in a way that is respectful of everyone's health and well-being and that we are able to engage in a way that allows us to bring our best forward? The reality is we are dealing with stress. Our clients are dealing with stress. It's impacting the way we engage with one another in the workplace, in our friend communications, in our family situations. I thought, you know, why don't we talk today about the reframing of stress? Because as coaches, we are one of the many helping professionals that can help with this. And the belief that this is not a coaching topic, that if your clients are feeling stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, that that's something that you refer to another professional. I would argue that that's not always the case, that in and in fact, if we are not prepared as coaches to engage with our clients through their stressful situations, it's one of the main reasons that we kind of bring our coaching partnership forward as well to be able to help our clients in the shift, in the reframe, in the potentially looking through a lens that expands and offers new options. And that's what I want to talk about today. But let's start in the place of stress in general. And that stress is a fact of life. We actually need a certain amount of stress for optimal functioning. When we have no stress at all, we might feel bored, tired, even lethargic or disinterested. And the closer our stress levels come to that optimal place. And that's different for each one of us. Some of us really thrive under the gun and feeling a higher level of pressure that maybe would crumble other people. So each one of you, your eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, my spelling is so good today, our optimal stress level is different for each one of us. But once we get begun, on that optimal level, whatever that optimal level is individually, the costs of high stress begin to impact us physically, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively, relationally. So we want to be able to, and this fits so well with coaching, because we want to be able to engage with each of our clients individually. Each of our clients brings their own special combination into the coaching relationship. Therefore, we want to acknowledge that a certain amount of stress is normal and is part of life. Yet, as I mentioned, this past year and a half has really been out of the ordinary. And the fluctuation up and down of the impact of the pandemic is likely to impact each one of your clients in their own levels of uncertainty and stress Surveys, there's been a lot of surveys going out over this past year to kind of monitor how it's impacting people. And recent surveys show that two thirds of employees who responded noted that they're experiencing poor mental health in response to the challenges brought on by all the impact of this past year. And 40% of the respondents noted feelings of burnout. 
These things need to be paid attention to and acknowledged and, and potentially through a partnership of a helping professional. In this situation, we're looking at coaching, but that could be through a therapist, through a doctor, through masseuse. I mean, there's many different ways that people handle their stress, and we're going to talk about that today. But it's in that place of helping our clients understand and normalize some of the stress and then acknowledge where the stress is potentially getting in the way of their day-to-day functioning and how we can engage and provide potential strategies. That's what we're going to focus on today. And, And we want to acknowledge and listen to, we don't want to shut down our clients when they're talking about their challenges. Some of those challenges you're likely hearing from this past year and a half are things like, you know, how do I balance my work with my parenting? It's a, in a whole different way right now. I've got to either worry about my children's health in going back to school or in their mental health and well-being and being away from their friends and me having to be their teacher. So there's this whole combination there of how do I balance work and parenting and teaching and making the best decisions for my family. There's how to adjust from working from home. And for some people, that's been like a real light. They enjoy working from home, yet they still have to balance home and work because now we don't have that boundary there that we had before. They might be getting pressure to get back to work and they feel like they want they're safer at home. So all these different stressors that come from the changes that have happened. Uh, A ton of issues with upset sleep patterns are happening. When we don't sleep, we don't reset, we don't heal. Sleeping is one of the key things that as a therapist, I would be very concerned if my clients had regular upset sleep patterns, because that was an indicator for ongoing issues more than just about anything else, because we really need that sleep, really good solid sleep to be able to regroup, reframe, kind of get back, reset ourselves and get back on track. So, you know, whether it's weight gain or feeling isolated or feeling, you know, pressured into walking into a situation that they're not ready to do. There's many different things being brought into our clients' environments, both work settings and home settings, that whether you're a relationship coach, a life coach, an executive or leadership coach, there, whatever your coaching focus is, I promise you that your clients are dealing with stress one way or the other. And we're dealing with stress before all of this happened, and we'll continue to deal with stress afterwards. So let's talk about how we want to engage with that. Because we know as stressors increase, our coping skills decrease. How often do you, and I can raise my hand here and I'm watching for hands raised right now. How often do you let go of the very things that create a successful balance or response from within, a grounding for yourself when things get stressful? It's like, oh yeah, when I get done with these four things that are on my plate, then I'll get back to doing my journaling or my meditation or my exercising or having date nights with my husband, 
you know, it's like, oh, I'm too busy to do those things right now. And what that ends up happening is that those very things that bring us back to normal, that bring us back to center, we put off to the side when we're stressed out and we're actually creating more stress for ourselves and letting go of the very things that we need at that moment when things are getting more stressful. Now, if you're one of those people that like, no, I do my exercise regardless, well then bless you and we all need to learn from you. Often we actually let go of those very things that work for us when we need them the most. So let's focus on how we as coaches can partner with our clients in the face of their stressors, in feelings of exhaustion, overwhelm, wanting to potentially give up. Let's look at what are some specific strategies that we can employ to partner with our clients through those. Throw away the ones that don't work for you and maybe zero in on those that give you new perspective, a new idea for how to engage with your clients. So as I was thinking about what I wanted to share today, an element of the core competencies really popped up for me. And that was the concept of when we listen actively, we want to consider the client's content, their identity, their environment, experiences, values, and beliefs to enhance our understanding of what the client is communicating. And what is so key about that is that even though we might be feel experiencing sort of as a world together, some common stressors, they are going to impact each client individually. It's going to be impacted by their experiences, by the values and the beliefs that they put on things. So I wanted to start today with some of my cognitive coaching, which I uh, absolutely love in, in that concept of you know, we can better aid our client when we can help them understand the belief that's driving their reaction. And then they can determine, is this belief or is this lens that this thing is passing through, this situation passing through, is it serving me? Is it creating a response that's healthiest for me? Now, this does not mean that bad things don't happen, that the reality isn't that there's stressors going on. That's not the concept at all. The concept is my looking at this, perhaps through all or nothing thinking, you know, in that black and white thinking that it's feast or famine, black and white, you know, extreme ends. And then in fact, what can we potentially help them to frame through that creates some space in the middle that creates some options between the black and the white. What's in the gray? Maybe our client is catastrophizing, thinking of worst case scenarios, looking at all those negative what ifs that are never ending. And what can we help instead to help them think about what actually is happening? What is the actual event versus all the possible negatives that could come with it. When we can help our clients ground into what is rather than never ending negative what ifs, they might have a new perspective, a new shift, a new awareness to look at. Is our client potentially mind reading, determining that they know how other people are thinking about them, or that they know what the 
ultimate decision is going to be not based on evidence or fact, but based on a fear or an anxiety. Anytime we try to make decisions based on fear or angst, they don't tend to be the best decisions that we could make for ourselves. So how can we help our client realize, okay, this is, first of all, recognize this is the belief that is driving my reactions of emotions and behaviors. And what is a potentially more grounded or more uh, a more centered thought that might help me make a decision or at least give me new options to consider? Often when we're in stress, we overgeneralize. Things become those all-inclusive words, you know, always, never. This is never going to work. This is, you know, everybody is doing this or... And when we think with those overgeneralizations, it tends to create more overwhelm. So how can we potentially explore those thoughts with our clients and create, first of all, more clarity about whether everything is included or, you know, when even when we shift from everybody to some people from all the time to frequently, Even those kinds of words create new space, create new thought processes. So some key strategies in exploring our clients' beliefs with them is that we want to explore without judgment or knowing, you know, knowing that this is not true for the client or that we don't know that. We just want to be curious. So we want to help them explore and evoke awareness and move beyond the current way that they're looking at the situation to potentially including more choices, including more intention that they can take rather than being powerless. As more options open, this can lead to reduced stress and overwhelm because we're helping them see beyond the place that they're currently. And when we're all caught up in our, and I own this, oh my goodness, can I have some absolutely's out there? When we are caught up in our own drama, in our own stress, in our own overwhelm, our options become very, very small. And when we can begin to open up just the way that we look at it, more options become available. And that's what we as coach partners do with our clients. So when we help our clients understand that they have automatic negative thoughts, ants that run around that have all this power, and we can identify our ants and determine, does that thought work for me right now? Or is there another way I could potentially look at it, examine it? That creates more choice and more intentionality. And then those options open and things become, we our clients become more empowered. So the first strategy that we're talking about today is reframing that stress through looking at the client's thoughts that are impacting their behaviors and their emotional responses. Now, for me, I had to add the second one because this is one that I use on a regular basis. And I certainly uh, engage with my clients around this, but it's just so helpful for me that I just thought I have to put this strategy in as well. I find that the four agreements, the uh, book written by Don Miguel Ruiz, 
but also just kind of the four agreements in themselves. I have written on my wall, I look at them, and it helps me let go of much to what we were just talking about, my cognitive distortions, the way that I'm looking at things that make things worse for myself. So the four agreements, which I went in through in depth in episode 13. So if you're interested in learning more about the four agreements, I talk about how we can use the four agreements in coaching in episode 13. It, when I'm looking now through the concept of stress, this these come up for me again as being so very important, particularly number two and three. So the four agreements, in case you're not aware of them, are to be impeccable with your word, to do what you say you're going to do, and to be impeccable in all things in your word. This, the second one, don't take anything personally. Don Miguel Ruiz does such a good job talking about the fact that we are so caught up in believing that people's responses are, are, or the way what they're not doing or doing is has to do with us. And often we're not even part of the equation. That is, that kind of fits in with the mind reading, um, cognitive distortion. But when I get wound up about something and I can slow myself down and say, am I taking this personally? And if I am, if I can release that, that is huge in my stress reduction. So I wanted to kind of share that concept as well as the third one, which is don't make assumptions. How often are we impacting our own stress level because of assumptions that we are making? How can we help our clients maybe review, you know, are they taking things personally? Are they making assumptions? What else might, you know, how much of that is fact and how much of that is assumption that you're making? As you consider this particular situation, what's coming up for you in the way of how personally you're taking this situation? And then, you know, what else might they think about? What other options our potential, what other things are influencing this situation? So important and so key for me in managing my own stress. Uh, and I know for many people, the four agreements are just key. So I'll throw in that fourth agreement just so that you know, and that's to always do your best. It's an, an incredible book for reframing and staying centered. So I encourage that. I encourage you to use that with your clients if that resonates with you and for yourself if it resonates. So my second strategy today is applying the four agreements to our thinking about stressful situations and if that helps ground or center us at all. My third strategy that I'm going to encourage you to think about is using your client's strength to emphasize best self. As human beings, we are wired to focus on negative. We all have a negative bias. It's been proven through the research. It's kind of comes from our survival technique. It is what it is. So our clients are negative to the, are wired to the negative. We are wired to the negative. 
And when things get stressful, what do we do? We just pile up negative. All we can think about is the negative. The And we have to be very intentional, once again, to be able to shift that focus and to be able to consider positive. We could get 49 positive responses to something and one negative, and we're going to focus on the negative. Well, when there is so much unknown and potential negative going on in the workplace, in family situation, you know, the focus is going to be on the negative. That's what we're wired to do. So as coaches, how can we help our clients potentially shift their focus into looking at some of the strengths that they bring forward and the positive aspects. So with that, let's potentially use strength for our clients to emphasize their own best, their own best self. The first step to that would be to potentially take an assessment or somehow zero in on client strengths. It might be that you ask when you initially start working with your clients, what do they see as some of their strengths? You might do sort of an interview assessment around those strengths and really create some clarity around the strengths that they see. I find that using an assessment helps them shift into strengths that they might not even have been aware that that were there. So two of the most popular strengths assessments are the VIA character strengths and Clifton strengths. So either one of those, or you might have another one that you do, really focusing in on what are the strengths that they bring forward and what's very positive about each of these assessments is that it's only focused on strengths. It's going to whatever results your clients get are positive because it is about their strengths. And then I would encourage you as the coach to become very well-versed in what each strength brings forward. What does it mean under that umbrella, either via character or Clifton, Strengths Finder? You know, what does each strength mean so that you can have a conversation with your clients when you see those strengths come up? You might do a debrief with your clients around what their assessment says about how they engage either through more talent focus through the, the strengths finder or character focus through the via and then do some exercises that spotlight those strengths and help your clients begin to explore how they can apply their strengths to the stressors in their lives. It shifts away from feeling powerless and overwrought and maybe even feeling victimized by the circumstance to What do I bring forward and how can I apply these to the situation? Now, I know that, and I actually use this in my practice, there is a book, The Strengths-Based Workbook for Stress Relief, A Character Strengths Approach to Finding Calm in the Chaos of Daily Life. That is specific to the VIA Character Strengths. It's written by Dr. Ryan Nemec, who has actually been 
on the show twice now talking about character strengths. I find that to be a very helpful tool with my clients. And I'm sure that Clifton Strengths and Strengths Finder has some similar tools. I'm just not as familiar with them, but they have a website full of, full of resources as well around strengths. The point being that we can help our clients shift into the natural strengths that they bring forward. And when we look through the lens of strengths, it just shifts away from the negative bias to bringing in some of the positive focus. And that's it's got to be empowering for our clients. So that is another strategy that I would encourage you to think about is using strengths to emphasize best self for your clients. So if we review real quickly, we're going to, we start with, you know, that whole concept of the lens that the client is looking through and really helping our clients understand the belief that's driving their reaction. Secondly, potentially using the four agreements to help our clients look through a different lens and release some of the assumption that they're carrying. The third, using strengths to emphasize the best self. And then I was thinking about the uniqueness about each of our clients. And that's a key thing in our coaching partnership that we know that each client sees things through their own lens, and different things appeal to different clients. Different things light them up, shift their energy. So I was thinking when we engage around a client's stress and helping them reframe their stress, we want to really zero in on what have we learned about our clients? What have they learned about themselves? And then how can we partner towards facilitating their growth and filling their well so that they can respond? It's not, it can't all be about removing water from the well. We've got to put water back in. So what makes most sense for them? We talked earlier about the cognitive focus. Does it help? Is it, does our client tend to be very cognitive and maybe that we've got some cognitive distortions going on? So the, the way that we work with that client is around strategies of reframing, of bringing in positive thoughts, maybe meditation, positive affirmations, shifting focus, using affirmations and visualizations. So that's if if our client's really looking through that cognitive lens, or we see a lot of the potential for distortions that are possibly getting in the way, and we can explore those with clients. The second is maybe our client is environmentally focused. Maybe they're very impacted by the things that they see, hear, the touch, the taste, the smell, that they're very environmentally focused. So some aspects that we might explore with them are things like aromatherapy, the view that they have in the day. Are they, do they have a positive, you know, things that they can look at, that they can see pictures, the view out their window, the the screensavers that they have, those kinds of like, how can we impact their, or how can they explore their environment? Um, maybe it's the clothes they wear. Are they, you know, so used to working from home now that they are almost depressed by the fact that they never dress up or put their favorite clothes on or, or you know, maybe tactily, they want to have something soft 
and smooth. So those are the kinds of things that we can explore with them. Maybe they could soothe themselves through taste, through soothing teas or favorite uh, snacks or, you know, those kinds of those dealing with the senses, helping our clients think about how are they dealing with stress and could they potentially environmentally through their senses bring in things that uplift and shift perspective for them. So cognitively first, environmentally second. Third, what about creativity? Is our client impacted through their creativity and how could they potentially use their creativity to relax and release? That might be through journaling, maybe painting, doodling, drawing, maybe it's singing, dancing. How are they using their creativity if that is a focus for them to potentially release some of the stress that they're carrying? Very close to that, particularly with the singing and the dancing, is our client physically sort of structured or focused. So within that, you know, how can they potentially use exercise, walking, running, bicycling, swimming, cardio, whatever it is that that might speak to them uh, physically. And it might be things like yoga or even like taking bubble baths. Like how do they physically respond and potentially use that physicality to let go of some of the stress they might be carrying. One of the things that I talk to in the coaches that I mentor is, you know, occasionally walking while they're coaching. And what comes up for both them in their own creativity as coaches, as well as for their clients, if they're physically moving while coaching. Different things to think about when we engage with our clients. Is your client spiritually focused? Is that an aspect that could help them release stress? Things like praying, meditating, once again, singing, maybe relaxing and doing a body scan within themselves to spiritually kind of look at where are they carrying the positive energy and the negative energy and how can they release some of that? Then there's our clients who are very sort of management focused, thinking of like the way that they could release stress is to prioritize, to think about their time management, to delegate more. Maybe they, they're very focused on having a clean and organized environment. And those are the kinds of things that can get away from us when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, things can pile up. And maybe for those clients, thinking about having a reorg day or a organization day or, you know, taking an hour on their schedule to reorganize their desk, to put things away, to potentially clean their environment. That might for those clients, you know, if they're They get their stress relief from self-management, management of their environment. Then those might be some things that we explore with them. How relational is your client? Have they missed engaging with others? Do they need to get away and spend time with key people in their lives? 
what do they need to do to be able to let their hair down with people and just to be able to reconnect human to human and potentially let go of some of that stress. Maybe they haven't been able to see somebody that's really important to them in a while and they want to figure out how to do that. So pay attention to the relational aspects that your client might have. Maybe your client can release stress best through humor. Humor is my top strength. It doesn't matter how many times I take the via character uh, assessment. Humor consistently comes up as my top strength. You know, being able to laugh and be lighthearted and play and engage with people in a lighthearted fashion is a huge stress reliever for me. Maybe watching comedy or reading funny books or cartoons for for your clients who need to release through humor might be things that you explore with them in facilitating their growth and their potential release of some of this stress. And then finally, what about people who are engaged in outdoor, that they they get their spirits reawakened and, and let go of stress through maybe walking in the park or going to the zoo or taking a scenic drive, maybe, you know, being at the lake or, you know, just laying in the green grass. What is it potentially for your clients who have an outdoor draw you know, hiking in the mountains, going on a camping trip. So I wanted to bring out these different possibilities. I'm going to run through them again real quickly. We started with, you know, that cognitive lens, kind of looking through how we're responding to stress cognitively, and then environmentally, through our creativity, through our physicality, spiritually, through an aspect of management, relationship, humor, and outdoor. Just different things that we could explore with our clients when we're in a place of helping them reframe and manage stress and maybe open up new possibilities and new options with our clients. While it might feel like the stressors that we're currently dealing with are universal, and certainly over the 30-something years I've worked with clients, there's been some universal stresses that come from the workplace, that come from family relationships. Yet, what's important for us as coaches to realize is that each and every one of our clients has an individual response, that the way that I engage with this particular stressor might be very different with the way that my husband or my neighbor or my sister or, you know, a friend deals with that same stressor. So we want to be engaged with our clients through their lens, through their unique perspective, and how their identity, their environment, their experiences, values, and beliefs impact the way that they're engaging. And hopefully, the experiences that we walked through today and the different things to consider will give you a repertoire of how to help your clients reframe the stressors in their lives. So I hope that this was helpful. I would love to hear back from you about whether there's anything new that came up for you today and how you're going to engage with your clients through this perspective. Now, next week, 
I am joined by Eric Seropian. We're going to be talking about strategies for search engine optimization, SEO, and give you some specific strategies of the way you look at your website and how it is potentially getting the notice of other people. We've got to get key search engine optimization to be able to do that. So please come back next week while we explore that. I want to invite you to share any episode that you find helpful, that you believe would be helpful to somebody else. Share it through a text message. I do that all the time with different uh, podcasts that I'm listening to. I send to a friend, oh my gosh, you've got to listen to this episode. I think it's going to really impact you about any different uh, podcast that I might be listening to. So I ask you if, if that works for you, if, the, if, if you listen to a Star Coach episode that you really think would be helpful to somebody, gosh, share it with them. And wherever you're listening, please consider leaving a rate and review. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week. Bye-bye.